Hi everyone, welcome to Manager IQ's Manager Skills Corner podcast. Manager IQ's mission is to provide an online space where managers can access all the resources, learnings and tools to build their manager toolkit and also to provide you with a community of managers to lean on. This podcast is designed to bring experts in specific areas of management to share their knowledge and experience with the Manager IQ community. We share tips and tricks which you can implement into your management practice. For more information about Manager IQ and our products, check out our website www.manageriq.com. Now, let's check out today's episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's podcast. We are here with Carly Nicholson, and who is a specialist in developing positive, peaceful and productive workplaces. We're here discussing today how we can help people ease into the holiday period so you don't collapse into Christmas, which I have experienced myself in the past. So I'm really excited to be talking about this today. Carly is a seasoned business leader with a background in business ownership, HR, adult teaching, effective communications training and resilience coaching. She brings a unique blend of expertise to the table. She's passionate about empowering individuals and improving workplace dynamics, and she believes in the power of long-term positive behavior change. Her Peace Under Pressure program offers practical strategies from coping with workplace pressure and fostering a cell, fostering a safe, healthy, and thriving environment. Carly, welcome to the podcast today. How are you? Yeah, great. Thank you, Alexis. How are you doing? I'm doing good, thank you. I'm doing really good. I'm I'm feeling that pressure of the the year end looming. Um, so I'm excited to speak to you today about this. But generally, though, I think it's been quite good. There's been a bit of good weather lately. I'm not too sure if you feel the same. It gives you a little bit of um, spring in your step. <laughs> Look, I notice a massive connection between the weather and people's moods, and so I love it. Particularly here in the southern hemisphere, when it gets a little bit warmer and sunnier, it definitely changes people's moods for the better. People seem to be smiling a lot more. So I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I've given a, a little bit of a brief introduction there. Is there anything from your past that you would like to, I guess, give the listeners a little bit of a um, a taste of so they can get to know you a little bit more? And it doesn't necessarily just have to be all about work, you know, could you still be about the things you like to do in, you know, in your personal time, um, but anything you'd like to share? Oh, look, I'm I'm a big believer in taking all my own advice. So I'm the kind of person who likes to work hard but play hard as well. And I think play isn't spoken about enough, particularly when we take life so seriously so often. And I think a lot of us are missing out on play. Maybe that could be another podcast that we could do, <laughs> Alexis, because it's great for our mental and emotional health and well-being. Uh, so for me, just briefly a background I've historically always worked with small and medium-sized businesses I've done I've had a variety of leadership roles I love working particularly with small business owners leaders and managers uh, for all of my sins I accidentally ended up being the, the owner and director of an IT services company and I've learned so much about leadership about management about how we support ourselves so that we're in a better position to support others. And now I'm really lucky to be in a position where I can share a lot of my knowledge, my skills, my learnings with other people uh, so that we can all show up as the best versions of ourselves too. But I'm, as I said, I'm a big believer in taking my own advice. So I love to work hard, but then when I'm not when I'm not working with people, what am I doing? I'm dancing. Latin American dancing has got to be fun. I'm at the beach every day at the moment. Love spending time with the family. So being well-rounded works really, really well for me. Mm, that sounds really well. wonderful. Sounds so great. There's something about being close to the beach that you are able to kind of breathe in that fresh air. Um, I, I was actually speaking to a gentleman recently. I'll just take a bit of a um, a side note here. And he was talking about it was from the Murray culture about going to the sea. And especially when the tide is going out, like taking um, that you like almost like breathe out your your pressures, your your things that are holding you back, the whatever it might be. And then as the tide's going out, you breathe it out and it takes it out with you. Oh, I love that. I might try yeah. that myself sometime. I'm a huge fan of using the five senses, so dropping out of the head and into the body, particularly because our mind is an incredible machine and it's always switched on. And I don't know about you, but my my mind tends to go, wants to go at full speed all the time. <laughs> and I find going somewhere like the beach, particularly 
leaving my phone at home. So it is nowhere near grabbing distance and I'm there and, and just settle into my five senses. And without it getting all woo-woo, some people find this a little bit bizarre when you start talking about your senses, but just taking a moment to breathe in the fresh air and actually hear the waves. How often would we be near water and we don't actually hear the water? It's crazy. Um, so actually listening to the water, watching the ripples, smelling it, tasting the salty air, um, even putting my feet in the sand, great way to ground myself. And this can be as simple as five minutes, but it's mm. funny, I always seem to come home a much happier, more vibrant version of myself, and I'm always glad I've done it. Even on my hardest days, even on the most challenging days, if I set myself a benchmark of at least five minutes at the beach, right, five minutes, and I always come away feeling like, oh my God, <laughs> that's even even just five minutes is enough to just calm the mind, calm the body. Uh, so we don't operate from a place of fear or anxiety or anger or anything like that. So all those self-care practices, they work. I think it's just finding what works for each of us. But I'm really, really lucky for me. It's It's been at the beach. Works mm. wonders. That's so fabulous. I love that. And I guess thinking about where I am now, it's probably a little bit far to get to the beach every day, but there's like a few areas where there's grass, you know, and I can just, as you're saying, I, thought, I could just feel my my toes on the grass and, and so forth. So next time Mackenzie, my son's at the park, I'll um, I'll take my shoes off and, <laughs> and have a moment of um, really feeling it, I think. I love that. And just as a backup too, because I think for a lot of us, excuses can get in the way. I hear a lot of people go, oh, but it's too hot, it's too cold, it's too sunny, it's too rainy, it's whatever excuses get in the way of getting into nature. Um, so my backup plan is to, well, I'm at the beach every day regardless of the weather, but my backup plan is actually put my favourite music on. Mm. And I have a playlist ready to go so I don't even have to think about it. My top maybe five or six songs that you can actually again it calms the mind and if you can just sink into your body you get double points if you have a bit of a boogie with it triple <laughs> points if you sing along for it sing along with it but I don't know anyone who hasn't felt far more energized and uplifted from putting their favorite music on and just sitting with it it's like mm -hmm. having a great big hug it's like having a um, it's just like recharging your batteries again. So that's my other, my one of my favourite top tips. Have your favourite songs on standby, <laughs> depending on the mood that you're in too. Um, and you'd be amazed at how that can be uplifting. And let's be honest, you know, having quick, easy tools like this that we can put in our toolkit, no matter what your job is, no matter what your role is, uh, these are the things that, again, help us show up as the best version of ourselves because life's too short to take it too seriously and to suffer unnecessarily. So we've got to have a little mm. bit of fun in here and and find what energises ourselves. Yeah, well, wonderful. I mean, hey, we've only just started and we've had a couple of hot tips here already. So I um, appreciate that and and um, inspired to to get out there a little bit more. You know, the one thing about the play I might just touch on as well is that I've been watching my son play, like the way he plays and the way that it's making me play with him because, I, you know, I'm, I'm just so interested around how he's learning and so forth. And I have thought about how you would apply that in the workplace around that concept of it's almost like creating psychological safety for your team. If I was going to use the concepts that are being used now to build trust to have people experiment and to be innovative and have a good fun with it and that's all playing right but like in its kind of work format um so i think it's, it's amazing to see how your kids can actually inspire you to think differently about management yeah absolutely a hundred percent and and also even if you don't have kids i think we've all got a big kid within ourselves right we were all kids <laughs> once um for me personally even into my 40s i love a good old-fashioned flying fox or zipline <laughs> i love to find a park i don't even need to have kids with me and i'll be on a zipline that's my happy place so i think for each of us finding what our inner child loves, whether it's playing sport, playing a game, doing a jigsaw puzzle, whatever that is. Um, but just on that, because it is very, very relevant to the topic that we've got today. But when we play, we're telling our brains and our bodies that we're safe because, and this is going to be hard to condense all of this in, but we're hardwired for survival, right? Over hundreds of thousands of years, our brain is constantly uh, scanning the environment for threats, which is where our amygdala is working like a smoke detector in our brain constantly. And when that's dialed up too high and it's too sensitive, people start acting from a place of anger, place of fear. It's a survival mechanism. 
and that's where I see it, it uh, translates into uh, antisocial behaviours in the workplace, should we say, uh, that affect other people. But when we play, even bringing play into the workplace, I still think that there's not enough uh, that we understand about the importance of play in the workplace and the benefits for it. But when we encourage people to play, you're absolutely right, it enhances our creativity, our thinking, our productivity. And it's because essentially we're telling that part of our brain, our amygdala, actually I'm, I'm safe. If I'm playing, it means I'm not at risk or I'm not in danger at the moment. And therefore the resources actually return to the thinking part of our brain. Um, the resources return to our immune system, reproductive system, digestive system when we're relaxed. And it means we can think, we can be productive, we can actually have far better relationships and connections with other people when we're in that relaxed state. But it's not too relaxed, we can be focused, we can be productive, we can be amazing. And so while there's still this resistance, I think, to bring too much fun and play into the workplace, I think it's finding that healthy balance so that people enjoy coming to work too. Even in some of the workshops I've done, we've played a simple game for two minutes that has turned people, um, it's just absolutely transformed them. It's transformed the energy, their connections with other people, that trust in those relationships in two minutes. And I've stood back and they've gone, oh, can we do this every day? Like if we could do this activity, I can't give away all my secrets, of course, but um, <laughs> if they could do that activity for two minutes a day, imagine the difference that would make in how people communicate with each other in the workplace, how people can focus and be productive. Um, so that, you know, that concept of play, super, super important, both outside of work and at work as well. And I think there's there's a big opportunity for more of that around, shall we say? Yeah, absolutely. I think you're right. I think we might need to uh, do another episode just on this topic alone. <laughs> so um, so we'll certainly we'll we'll circle back to that in the future. But um, let's have a chat about, I guess, the lead up to the you know the year end break and what are we seeing with the people in the workplaces as people move towards the the end of the year? Well, I don't know about you, Alexis, but I'm starting to hear lots of uh, people now that the pressure's on, right? The pressure's on, it's the end of year, there's deadlines, there's targets to meet, uh, there's projects to finish off. Uh, people start to feel, I guess, a bit overwhelmed because of deadlines that they might have at work. But then there's also the fact that we've got a lot going on in our personal lives. We've got these big to-do lists personally about you know, Christmas presents and holidays to prepare for and keeping family happy. Uh, plus, we've got probably social obligations on top of that, maybe work social obligations, Christmas parties, but we've possibly got uh, social obligations outside of work as well. Keeping the family happy can add to a fair bit of um, social fatigue and stress for many people as well, especially people who are introverted might find it particularly hard at this time of year if they've got people coming at them with needs and expectations. So that can put a lot of pressure on. Plus you've got financial pressure too. We've got people thinking about, I guess, work budgets, but you've also got personal budgets. The cost of living seems to keep escalating. Um, and then the cost of Christmas presents and travels and holidays and all sorts of things. So they're all woven in together in some ways. And, and if you think about that too, you can have all this pressure on at work. You might have client demands and expectations before the end of the year. They want to get things finished and you might have other people at work putting pressure on you. But for many people, they also take that pressure home. So that might be rolling into their family time at home, the need to stay connected, to check emails after hours or on the weekends. Um, there's this these blurred lines you and I have talked about before, blurred lines between work and home. So it can be for some people a perfect storm and it's not all doom and gloom. I've seen some people that their workload's easy enough for the year and the industry that they're in and they're loving the slide into Christmas. But just recognising that for some people, this can be an incredibly intense time of year and the pressure's definitely piling on. Mm. And I also think about that from a manager lens in the sense that it's the pressure that they have themselves, but then they're also absorbing either the pressure from, you know, the upper management and then um, seeing their team who are probably likely very fatigued or, you know, there's been a long time probably since they've even had a break. So there's the energy is a bit low, plus all the different aspects that you just mentioned as well. So that's 
additional pressure that's added to that kind of melting pot there, I guess. Absolutely. And and just to highlight, I know particularly in New Zealand here, we've, I've had a lot of people tell me directly that this year's been hard. We all thought that the last three years had been particularly hard. But this year, uh, so a lot of people in New Zealand who had planned their summer holidays last year, we had horrendous storms, flooding. We had some pretty catastrophic circumstances in our summer holidays last year so people didn't get their summer holiday break they mm. didn't recharge after their holidays so they didn't start the the working year on the usual high and I know I've heard the stories of people who've actually been battling the ongoing consequences of this during the year and they're still saying when am I going to get a decent break <laughs> you know mm. there's some people who've gone four years now without having a real decent break uh, and how sustainable is that so it's it's real you know we we we're more like batteries we're not robots or machines we can't work at full speed all, all the time and and how do we recharge ourselves and that's I think what people are are looking for how do we keep ourselves recharged um, in a sustainable way. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And I think as well as like there can be ongoing issues, um, I guess, leading into your break, if you are pushing yourself too hard in the next, say, three or four weeks. And I know a lot of people that I speak to, they say the first week of holiday is almost like decompression from yeah. the year that was, you know, and and I know a friend of mine just recently, I don't think, I don't know if it is in New Zealand, I can't remember if it being in New Zealand, but here in Australia, they've got a, a thing called Armaforce. It's kind of like a vitamin or something like that that's supposed to help your immune system. So she went and got it for her husband because they're going away to the US for Christmas and because she doesn't want him to suddenly get really sick because he's going to start he's just got, he's coming off a really busy time and so she's actively thinking and concerned about the fact that that might be the outcome of all this pressure that he's had on and and you're right i again there's plenty of stories of people who work so hard they take a break and then they spend their holiday recovering they get sick on their holidays and people are going why is that and it comes back to what i mentioned earlier without getting too sciencey about it but if we're constantly operating in um high stress high pressure uh and our and our mind is going into this fight and flight mode right constantly that's where we're not thinking clearly the resources move away from the thinking part of our brain they're moving away from our digestive system reproductive system but also our immune system so Short-term acute stress can be okay. It can actually be a good thing. Like stress is not all bad, but it's when it's chronic and we're under too much pressure for too long periods and our immune system isn't doing the work that it's meant to do because it's just trying to keep us alive in the moment. Mm -hmm. That's where you see people then collapse into the holidays. And that's why this is a topic I'm particularly passionate about. Wouldn't it be great if all of us could actually enjoy our holidays to refresh, to recharge, you know, revitalize ourselves, not recover, <laughs> mm. right? We don't really want to be spending recovering. And you said quite rightly, you know, it's easy to spend the first few days or even the first week of holidays just trying to trying to recover. Wouldn't it be great if we could ease ourselves into the holiday period so there's not this you know, going from one extreme to the other, that's really hard on ourselves, yeah. really hard. Exactly. There was only one other re I'd add in there is probably like reconnection, eh? reconnection with your families and your friends and, you know, even nature or whatever it might be, you know, like that's that's just going to help you, I guess, into your holiday, yes. but also get the most out of it so that you can have a little pep in your step when you come I back. I love that. And, it's, and reconnect with your favourite things, like your hobbies, yes. your interests. What are the things that bring you joy that you've been putting off all year? What, you know, what are the things that, that light you up? Reconnecting mm. with those. I love that. Yeah. So where do you think this pressure is coming from? Do you think it's from the organisations, you know, managers, the customers, individuals themselves? It's a great question. I think it's quite complex, really. And, and all of us are, are unique. So there's no one place that the pressure is coming from. For some people, it might be coming from client demands. We've got clients who want things done before the end of the year. So they're... They've got those expectations. Maybe their expectations are too high or unrealistic at times as well because they might be under pressure themselves. Um, there might be pressure from uh, from our managers above us about their needs or their expectations about meeting targets, finishing projects. Um, again, like I mentioned earlier, the, the pressure we put on ourselves with our own to-do lists 
in meeting families' expectations. You see, this is a lot of managing other people's expectations <laughs> seems to be coming in here, right? Um, also juggling personal commitments for the people who's who've got school-aged children who, I don't know, the school holidays seem to start earlier and earlier every year. They're then juggling children at home while they're trying to do this dash to the end of the year with their work commitments as well. And I say we we put a lot of pressure on ourselves, I think, as a big one. I think for a lot of us, particularly if we're people pleasers, we don't want to let anyone down. We don't want to say mm. no to anything. But yet we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to get things done. So I'd say that there's a whole different you know, variety of um, ways that this this pressure is coming at us from. Mm. And I think it's an interesting thing to consider for an individual is that maybe take a step back and actually reflect and figure out where is that pressure coming from? Because I suspect we're, we're going to go into the, you know, the topic around what are some of the things that people can do to ease into the holidays. And I think if you can reflect and consider where the pressure is coming from, then you'll be able to tackle, I guess, tackle what you would do in a much more effective way. But how often yeah. do many of us actually take that time, that precious time to stop? pause, reflect, and just, you know, get a, you know, take a step out, you know, mm -hmm. look at the bigger picture, zoom out and go, you know, am, am I actually managing myself effectively at the moment? You know, what would, what would a coach say to me at the moment is always a good test too. Um, you know, am I, am I actually being effective or, and I hate the word busy. I hate, hate, hate the word busy. Anytime someone says to me, are you busy? And I just go, I'm good. I've got great things going on. I hate the word busy because it's almost like the social badge of, you know, if you're not busy, what's wrong with you? But I think a lot of us are guilty of letting ourselves be busy in terms of we're doing stuff, but that doesn't necessarily mean we're effective. It doesn't mean we're productive. It doesn't mean that we're focusing on the right things or doing what's important. Uh, and so I'm a big fan of using a model like the Eisenhower matrix, which hopefully many, many managers are familiar with, but actually what's urgent and what's important and how can I focus on those rather than just constantly trying to please everyone else and meet all of these expectations that others and that others have of us and we have of ourselves. We're excited to announce that Manager IQ has now created a new manager community called the Manager Mentor Hub. This is a place where managers can come to master their craft, get access to a supportive community and share their knowledge and experience. When you join this community, you will have the ability to undertake a management self-review, set your goals, get access to monthly masterclasses where the topics are based off the community goals, requests and other general community chatter. There is a weekly live office hours to ask and workshop any of your management questions that you might have. And of course, there's also the community itself where you can ask each other questions and get support from each other. So why don't you come along and check us out. More information can be seen at www.manageriq.com. See you there. Yeah. And I think that's a great way to go into this next question around some of those things that you can do um, to know or to, to help you ease into the holidays. So what you're saying here is having a, a certain approach or a structure to how you prioritize and then ensuring that you're picking those things that are urgent and important first to do. And then maybe considering some of those other things can either wait into the new year or just don't even worry about them at all. Absolutely. So I'm a huge fan of, of taking time out, even on a daily basis. And it might even be 10 minutes. We're all individual here. So you, you make this work for yourself. But even taking 10 minutes out to go, am I focusing on the right things today? So it's not about having a to-do list. It's about you know what zone in on what's urgent, what's important. Um, and what's important is also in that area there is also our self-care is super important because it's interesting how that can quickly be neglected or overlooked because we don't think that's important. But actually that self-care is is super, super important. And I'm working with a number of business owners and business managers at the moment who have said actually this has been a game changer for them, taking 10 minutes in the morning to just look at what's my plan for today where will I prioritise my breaks? And even on their busiest days, we've said, okay, if you haven't got time for a lunch time, haven't got time for a lunch break, where could you take a five-minute micro break? But the the trick is a micro break. 
you have to do the opposite of what you've been doing before that. So if you've been at your desk, you need to move away from the desk, disconnect, go for a walk, go get a glass of water, stand outside five minutes. If you can't take five minutes out, then there's something seriously wrong. And I also say if you've got time to go to the bathroom, which is a priority, then, you know, it's all part of our well-being. So mm. I think it's, uh, again, I know it's really effective to take some time out at the beginning of the day to set your intentions for the day. Um, check, you know, again, what are those things that are going to help you manage your energy? That's a big one that I get coming through, particularly with the people that I coach. They, their biggest struggle is even on the days where they're getting lots done, they feel really productive, they get to the end of the day and they've run out of energy. They go home and they can't even decide what to have for dinner. I remember the first time someone told me that and I'm like, what do you, what do you mean? Mm. And he said, I get home, I have just got nothing left in the tank. And, you know, we talk as managers about making sure our people turn up to work as the best version of themselves and ourselves. But wouldn't it be great if we went home as the best version of ourselves too? And as managers, making sure that we're a really good role model, we need to be leading by example because people are watching us, listening to us and taking note of what we're doing. So finding ways to manage your energy. I would say another big one that I'm hot on is setting boundaries, understanding what are our own boundaries and then communicating those with other people because other people can't read our minds. They don't have a crystal ball. So for an example of boundaries, a simple boundary might be when you will or won't check your phone. It might be creating a boundary of when you get home at night, you're going to have, I don't know, one hour or two hours without your phone and set yourself up for success there. So rather than being tempted to check your phone, that whole fear of missing out, turn off your notifications, distractions, interruptions. Um, you've got all these fancy settings on your phone now that you can put all those systems in place so that you don't have to have the willpower and discipline, right? So use all of those tools um, and then communicate to other people. Let your coworkers know this is when I'm available. Let your clients know this is when I'm available because just because they think something's urgent doesn't necessarily mean it is. And you'll get a far better response if you communicate that proactively. You know, have an out of office response on your email, have a, a voicemail message that says when you're available. Uh, so think about the boundaries and the boundaries are going to be around what's important to you. So you might have boundaries at work, you might have boundaries at home, you might also have boundaries around protecting the things that are really important to you. It might be your hobbies, your interests, your passions. So I think it's a, a good opportunity, like you said earlier, about that self-reflection. Take a step back and are you actually focusing on the things that are really important to you? Um, and don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to either get support from other people or where can you delegate? There might be other people who can who you can delegate tasks to, um, but asking for help is a big one because I think a lot of us are a bit like ducks that we're trying to be cool and calm on the surface and we're paddling like crazy underneath but um, and we're trying to keep this brave face on, but there's plenty of support around us if we choose to look for it. Yeah, I did a short clip recently around how to say no, and that it's actually okay to say no. And you're doing, you're actually, it's a, it's a favor to yourself, or it's your a way of you looking after yourself and your people. If you say no to the right things, but saying no in a good way, you know, like not don't just be no, but um, yeah, and it just makes me think that that's something particularly now, and probably more commonly should be all the way throughout the year, but even more so now. Um, it's around either no, not now, or no, that's not part of the priorities. And and when you're thinking about what's important, it's around what's important to you as an individual, but also it's going to help you achieve the goals that have been set, you know, because I think we can also get quite distracted by other things. And I think if a client does come in and say, hey, this is urgent, well, actually, that's maybe not going to be that important to you because it's not going to help you achieve your goals or your business goals. So how do you go about managing that and I guess setting expectations or whatever it might be for that client? A hundred percent. And that learning to say no, I think there's a bit of skill and a bit of art and learning how to do that with kindness and generosity. And I think that's why a lot of people are scared to say it because they're worried about how it could come across. Um, mm -hmm. Some of my favourite phrases are, I would love to help you with that. I can't help you with that right now. I can help you with that next week. I try not to use the word but because as soon as you say but, people go, 
you know, they, they put their walls up. So if someone makes a request of me and they say, I need it and I need this now, um, I can find out first of all, do they really need it now? Um, hey, I'd love to help you with that. I can help you with that. I don't know, two o'clock tomorrow, would that be okay? Or, you know, do a little bit of problem solving. So just managing their expectations can go a long way. And another one of my favourite phrases that I've heard is, I'd love to, if I say yes to this, I'm going to have to say no to something else. So just helping people understand that your intentions are pure and genuine, that you are going to have to sacrifice something else if you say yes to that. And I think that also helps frame it so that people understand that there is going to be a sacrifice involved if you say yes to everything that comes your way. Uh, mm -hmm. And I think you get a little a lot more respect rather than just saying, no, I'm it's too hard. I'm too busy is a big one. I've got too much going on. How can you rephrase that in a way that's going to be more of a win-win approach? Mm. And one thing I'll pick out there is around when you said, oh, you know, um, need to understand, you know, what I think you said around, is it really urgent? And um, what I take from that as well is, and it's around asking a few more questions around the ask first before you make a decision around anything or before you even think through, because asking those one, two, three more questions will help you, one, understand the ask a little bit better, understand the importance and where it fits into the bigger picture and will probably actually help you with the answer, you know. So um, so that was one of the things, actually, a lady who jumped on to do a productivity um, podcast with me, that's all she said. She said, the biggest way that you can save time is just by asking a few more questions to begin with because you're going to really recognize whether that is urgent or important or it's going to help you and your team achieve your goals. Yeah, and sometimes there's actually a different way that you can get the solution to that as well. Just because someone else is making a request doesn't mean that's the only way that that can be dealt with. You know, there could be more creative solutions to come, you know, and, and play here. Um, so I, I love what you're saying there. You don't necessarily have to take things at face value. Mm, absolutely. And what are some of those things that people can avoid doing right now? Wow, I would say, uh, well, avoid overcommitting yourself is a big one. Like I said before, the, the temptation to say yes to everything. Um, it's tempting to squeeze in last minute projects or commitments. Uh, we can be tempted by different, I guess, incentives or rewards for trying to squeeze too much in and keeping people happy. Uh, but I think as we all know that when we overcommit ourselves, it can it can lead to too much stress. It can lead to burnout. We can end up exhausted. We can end up resentful of other people and also resentful of ourselves. So I think making sure that we're realistic about what can be accomplished in, in the time that we've got available, um, both inside and outside of work. I think um, avoid, and I want to flip this around, avoid self-neglect. So in other words, make sure you prioritise your, your well-being, make sure maybe you've got some, again, taking those micro breaks, but also having some good healthy snacks available is a good one. I think a lot of us, when we're consumed or we're overcommitted with what's going on, we're looking for quick fixes in terms of our food or whatever else might be going on. How can we set ourselves up for success? So some business leaders that I'm working with at the moment, literally they have a stash of really good nutritious treats next to them, plenty of water so that they don't end up getting tempted by other things that are actually going to drain the energy because what we eat and what we drink is actually going to affect our energy directly as well. Uh, so making sure that we, we, um, Keep an eye on on how we manage our energy levels so that that self-care is super important. Um, again, resist the urge. You say, what should we avoid doing? Um, resist the urge to take on everything ourselves. <laughs> Where can we delegate? Where can we empower other people who might be able to take some of the load as well? So I really see it as a big opportunity to approach the last few working weeks of the year thoughtfully and intentionally so we set ourselves up for success yeah i like that and i i think if we're being thoughtful about it all is around how do we actually bring back that wind down to christmas a little bit you know like what are some of the things like we could proactively consider around do they actually have to happen now you know so and and really and as managers and leaders around how can you help your team do that as well and make them feel like it's not just ramping up to Christmas and it's more of that actual winding down? So even like how do you make that last week before Christmas 
as less stressful as possible while still keeping the ship moving or, you know, the lights on or whatever it might need to be. Um, but it's kind of like, what are the things that can be done to keep that wind or to get that wind down feeling into the organization? Yeah. Uh, and this is where I love hearing examples of where teams, where with the manager or the leader is really intentional about that and they've left the last week of the year is more of a, a catch up <laughs> just in case. It's almost a backup week, but really mm. it's a chance for celebration, for maybe planning for next year so that there's plenty of buffer in that week. Uh, and and that can make a big difference too. And let people finish the year, the working year, on a high as well. So I'm a big fan of bringing in, you know, some celebrations, whatever that looks like for your team, because everyone's got quite different dynamics. Um, I think as a manager, helping your people set their own boundaries, uh, giving them some tools to think about about things like putting putting blockers on their phone or turning off their notifications or setting out of office responses. So helping people set their own boundaries um, because we're going to get more out of other people if they look after themselves too. Um, mm. Making sure, again, as a manager that we communicate really, really clearly. I think we can't emphasise that enough, the importance of really good, clear communication. Mm. Um, but setting communication as a manager, setting uh, communicating with our people about what we expect from them, um, any, any changes in schedules, any limitations, any priorities that we're working to, and also that communication of I'm here to support you what do you need? Don't be afraid to come and approach me if you need any help, I think is a big one as well, to show that you genuinely care. And another thing as a manager is making sure that you take time to express gratitude and show people that you care about them, particularly because this can be such an intense time of the year. Making sure you check in with people genuinely and just let them know that they're appreciated, acknowledge them and their hard work that they're putting into this. And, and also just checking in, showing that you care. Hey, is everything OK? Um, are they practicing self-care? What's going on for them? I think it's probably mm. my favourite tips there. Yeah, I love that. And I think as well is that it's such a great time to reflect on the year. And I like the idea of, I think, celebration and gratitude coming together in the sense that, you know, your team have achieved X, Y and Z this year. Why don't you showcase some of that or, uh, you know, find a way that people can recognize that? Because sometimes I feel like you do something and you move on, you know, like yeah. you don't have that moment. And um, some of these kind of times when it's year end, it's a, a real great time for a manager to sit back and reflect and help their team um, get that sense of accomplishment and recognition. So I think that's a lovely thought and I wonder as well as around you know at the beginning of December it's around getting your team together or on an individual basis whatever works for you and your organization and your team and actually say well what is actually on everybody's plate you know because a manager can can see can see a lot of things but might not see everything so if they are implementing a wind down week at the end of, um, you know, the last week before the holidays, you know, what are the things that are still going to be bubbling on for people and then actively saying, okay, we understand that that's going to be bubbling along. However, get to this milestone and let's put the rest onto the new year. So like that good communication and expectations and helping people understand and know that you know that they're not going to finish for the, this part by the end of the year. And that's going to be fine. Because I think without that open, honest communication and clear understanding around what's on people's plates, I think they're still going to, like they say, we're, we're our own worst enemies. They're still going to want to do all these different things as well as wanting to, um, I guess, finish those other bits and pieces. And and I'll, I'll pick up on just something you said there before too about, you know, building those, building some positivity in there. There's part of a reason that I've chosen to focus on building peaceful, productive and positive workplaces. Positive is not just a, a nice to have, and again, it's not some woo-woo concept. The idea when we're positive, that we cultivate positive emotions, is that it's actually amazing for our brain. It's amazing for our mental health and our emotion and emotional health. It calms the mind, calms the body, calms our heart down, uh, and we can actually think clearly. Right? There's a, a whole whole lot of research behind it. It's called the broaden and build theory for anyone who wants to go out and explore that further, but cultivating positive emotions, um, appreciation and joy and happiness, those kinds of things actually, again, those are the things that make people feel safe and we want to build a psychologically safe workplace. I don't think anyone can deny the fact that that's super, super important, um, creating a, a safe place for our people to show up in. Mm. 
Yeah, I love that. I love that. So let's think about when individuals actually go on their holidays. You know, what is the uh, you know what are the things that they can do to get the most out of them and rejuvenate? I would say number one on the list would be find the things that bring you joy. This is your chance to actually focus on yourself. This is a great way to recharge your own energy levels. What are the things that you can indulge in, your hobbies, your interests, the things that light you up? Find those, explore them, indulge in them. You'll be far better off for it. Um, So I would absolutely start with that. Um, Again, discover play, discover fun, embrace the opportunity. And then on a more serious note, those things again around turning off your phone notifications, um, reconnecting with the things that are important to you, reconnecting with your friends, uh, yeah, figuring out what what are the what are the things that light you up that you want to do on your holiday. It's really quite as simple as that. On top of all the other self care practices, of course, you know, enjoy yourself a little, you know, enjoy the food and the drink and the celebrations with the family. Um, just try not to overdo it. Everything in balance, right? So just again, be mindful about your alcohol intake, how much sleep you get, how much partying you do, all of those kinds of things. Um, Enjoy that and then find what a good healthy balance looks like for you. Mm, I love all of them. And I also had this kind of really symbolic kind of putting my laptop away, you know, in the cupboard, closing your office drawer, like do not even get a reminder of it, you know, like so um, if you have the opportunity to do that, I think that's quite a symbolic shut. I'm off. I'm off duty, you know, so um, that's always good. And that's beautiful. That's again, setting those. I think it also helps to set those boundaries too of you have a great big out of email response. (laughs) I'm away from my desk. I will not be checking my emails. See you in the next year, you know, have a bit of fun with it. And then you, and then you close down your laptop. I love that. And so creating those, some of those rituals that also help us mentally disconnect as well so we don't have that sort of that FOMO going on at the back of our head so finding again a lot of this keeps coming back to boundaries but um yeah I love that pack the laptop away like put it at the back of a put it at the back of the cupboard and then go and reconnect with the things that are important because surely you've deserved it if you've been working hard all year surely you deserve that break to go and you know find the other things and even even if you love your work and it brings you immense joy and fulfillment too much of a good thing isn't great for you right so this mm-hmm. is your chance now to also go what are the other things that are important to me what are the other things that I can enjoy and then I'll come back to this later so I love I love that symbolic action Alexis that's great <laughs> and um so what are some I don't know if we want to cast our minds that far already but I think it is worthwhile for the topic around what are some of the things or the considerations people should have when they actually tackle that first week back from holiday yeah, gosh, that's a, that's very topical, isn't it? So, because I think as many of us know, that first week back can be filled with dread. <laughs> it can put a lot of stress on us, right? It can affect our, our mental health, our emotional health. So I think even framing it as a transition period, especially if you're a manager, how can you communicate that with your people about this is a transition period where we readjust, we ease back into a routine and start to wind things back up, uh, I think is realistic. So again, set realistic expectations and communicate those. Um, let your co-workers know let your clients know what your availability is set realistic expectations and I think taking again taking time out to plan and prioritize yourself so if you are unfortunate enough to come back to work to a thousand emails you don't have to clear them all on the first day you know how do you approach that smartly plan prioritize what's urgent what's important so that you're not overwhelmed Um, I also think it's really good in there that self-care practices play a big role in this as well I've talked quite a bit about managing our energy because that's crucial so even a few days before we come back to work starting to settle back into a sleep routine can be incredibly helpful too because if we if we're not careful with that we end up with jet lag symptoms the first week back at work because we've shifted from one sleep routine to another so if you almost treat it a bit like daylight savings how can you ease your body back into a routine um and yeah, those, those, uh, all those important practices about good nutrition, good hydration, taking micro breaks, all of those self care practices um, are all going to help with your energy levels as well. 
Mm. It makes me think about, you know, how you get your your children into a sleep routine. You know, they have their bath, they have their book, they have their bottle, you know, and then they tend to go to sleep a bit easier, right? Not all the time, but quite a lot of the time. So when you think of when you're talking about that, I'm thinking, oh, well, actually, as an adult, we should probably have similar things, you know, have a shower, you know, whatever you do, have a good glass of water, turn off your, your things. I've actually started putting that bedtime sleep time on my phone yeah. now, which has been so good, like a real game changer. And actually not even bringing my phone into the, the room anymore. So those sorts of things is kind of like, it's actually the exact same for adults as it is for children. You know, like if you have a routine, you're going to train your body to be able to sleep better. And then if you get into a rhythm of that, that's just going to have those, you know, very positive impacts on your body, your mind, and I guess your ability to bring your best self to life. Absolutely. Sleep's one of probably the best thing you can do uh, for yourself, for your health and well-being, because it affects every system in your body. So prioritising your sleep, I don't think can be emphasised enough. Mm. And if managers or individuals want to find out a little bit more around how they can ease themselves into the holidays, you know, where can they go to for support or get some resources? I think finding out what's available, depending on where you are and what your circumstances are, and finding out what's available to you, first of all. Uh, so I think finding out if you if your organisation is fortunate enough to have an EAP system in place, an EAP programme, should I say, if you have access to counselling, um, by all means, make, make good use of that. I'm a big fan. Um, here in New Zealand, we have a free service called 1737 that people can text or call and get access to a trained counsellor. Um, but if you need support, I think... Choose your friends wisely. Reach out to the people in your social network who you trust, who your favourite people who lift you up, who you can have a quiet chat to. You don't have to take on everything yourself. So I think find what works for you. If you're the kind of person who likes talking, reach out to someone safe that you can trust. Um, be kind to yourself. Uh, and again, if all else fails, if you're really concerned about your health, obviously go and have a chat to your doctor. But I think... There's a few different ways that we can support ourselves and also seek support from others. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And, and I think as well as if, if you know those friends that are really good at prioritising or, you know, really good at some of those things that we said is great to be able to ease yourself into your holidays, ask them how they do it. What is the system yeah. and processes that they involve? Learn from other people around how they how they do that better. One of the things um, when you spoke about the financial stress that it puts on people, um, you know, we're coming into the holiday time is years ago, I think when I was budgeting for my house, I, I decided that I was going to accrue every month what it would cost me for Christmas and for my break. And so I end up spreading that cost over the 12 month period. And the difference that made to me at that in December was significant. I didn't have to worry about it. And so it was a practice that I've done every year since. But those things as well, just ask other people around you, you know, like the, the world is full of really interesting things that are going on and people pick up different tips and tricks that help them. Not everything is going to suit you, but something you might pick up, you think I'm going to give that a go, a go and have a play with it, I guess, as you mentioned before. Yeah, true. And see things as experiments as well. Just, you know, try things, see what works for you. And if you've got a manager above you or someone supporting you, can you go and have a chat to them about um, about realistic expectations, what your needs are, what support you might need? You know, don't be afraid to reach out and ask for help from people around you. Yeah, awesome. Sounds great. And I guess anything else that you that we haven't covered that was on your mind? I think it's been such a great conversation. Oh my goodness, how many more hours have we got? <laughs> so many topics that could come off this, right? It's all, yeah. it's all, everything's interconnected. But I'd say the bottom line is, I think, check in with yourself first and foremost. How often are we so busy serving other people that we don't serve ourselves? I'm a big fan of stopping, checking in with ourselves. What do mm. I need at the moment? Getting clear on our priorities and, and what's important for us so that we can keep showing up as the best version of ourselves and stay peaceful under pressure. Isn't that the whole goal here, right? We want to stay calm, calm under pressure so that we, we can respond to situations in a way that you know we're proud of that shows us off in our best light. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned peace, um, you know, having peace under pressure a little bit. I think it's worthwhile just sharing a little bit with this audience around, you know, you've created a program around this. Is there, I guess, a little blurb that you can share that people understand what you're doing in that area? Oh, thank you for asking. So Peace Under Pressure is my program. It's designed for workplaces to build peaceful, positive, productive workplaces. And it's about giving people the tools, empowering people for positive, sustained 
behaviour change. And this is around effective communication. It's around setting boundaries. It's about being really clear with how we connect with other people in the workplace so that we minimise conflict, tension, misunderstanding. And it's also about helping ourselves with our own self-care and our, and our own well-being. But it's breaking it down into bite-sized pieces. You know, how often in a workplace are we presented with an opportunity for, for change that then has you might have some short-term impact, but then we all default back to our natural state, right? We, we're hardwired to resist change. We don't like mm. it inherently. <laughs> and so the Peace Under Pressure program is actually designed to take people in a workplace through small bite-sized steps so that there's positive behaviour change in the workplace so people feel safe, they can thrive, they can be productive, they can show up to work as the best version of themselves but also go home as the best version of themselves because we know when people thrive that businesses thrive, organisations mm -hmm. thrive. So we all win. It's a win-win. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's my vision is about how can we help support more people in more workplaces who can benefit, benefit from this and stay peaceful under pressure. Yeah, I love that. That sounds amazing. And there's just even the, you know, the steps that you're talking there. I think every single one of them is so important and can have a positive impact on an individual and the workplace. So I'm excited to see this program come to life. So congratulations on bringing it to the world. Um, if anyone would like to get hold of you, what is the best way for them to contact you? Oh, they can reach out to me through LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. And in fact, if you connect with me through LinkedIn, I'm constantly trying to add insights and articles and recommendations to help people, help workplaces, help managers be the best version of themselves. So lots of free tools and advice on LinkedIn. If you look me up under Carly Nicholson and also under my website, you can look up peaceunderpressure.co.nz. Uh, or if you're brave, you can spell out my full name, carlynicholson.co.nz goes to the same place uh, and you can learn more about how I help leaders, how I help organisations and teams stay peaceful, mm. positive and productive. I love that. Thank you so much, Callie. Thank you so much for your time today and sharing all your, your words of wisdom and all of this experience that you've had. I think that it's going to help people, you know, ease into the holidays so that they don't necessarily fall over. Um, so I'm very, very appreciative of your time. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Alexis. It's been an absolute joy and a pleasure to talk with you. Great, great. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you have um, taken away a few, even one or two tips. You don't have to apply them all at once. You know, you can build them up over the over the year and reapply them next year as well. But um, any feedback, just let us know. But have a lovely day. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for taking the time to listen to today's episode. If you have any feedback or would like us to deep dive on a specific skill, please email us at Hello at manageriq.com. Thanks very much. Have a good day.